And it's just a thank you. And it's just a wonderful thing once again that God has used us to do such a great thing. We've got a lot more work to do. We've got a lot more work to do. A lot of things are coming up. And God is drilling us into soldiers. <clears throat> I say God is drilling us. And that's why when I look around today and I thank God, I say, okay, I see my soldiers. Amen. You know, I Amen. see my soldiers. You see, that's, that's what God is looking at. God is looking at, okay, we just went through a battlefield. We just went through. We got some, we had bricks and everything else, but they're here. You know, we just, we, 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 we seeing what, what we made out of it. See, God's testing us. See what we made out of it. Sending us through these things to see whether we can stand. I keep telling y'all that, that, you know, tough times are coming. You know, going to hit everything. And you got to be ready for this thing. You know what I'm saying? So, how you going to be ready for this thing? That's why he said, Count it all joy. I'm going to face it all in many trials and tribulations. You know, and he said, Count it all joy. For this is the He said, Be thankful in all things. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Brings it specifically down to you. He tells us to be thankful. So, whatever it is that we're going through, you know, God has a plan. Always remember, it's either God sent or it's God used. And He's a master at taking whatever it is that's in our life and turning it into something that's good. So, God is a master at that. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning, God. And we thank you for the assembly. We thank you for the host of angels that you have encamped around us to protect us and to keep us and to guide us. And Father, we don't take this lightly, Father, but we lift up our hands unto you, Father, and we devote our souls unto your orders and to your will. And Father, we just thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've got a powerful word this morning. Let's go to the book of Psalms. <clears throat> and we're going to start at the 16th chapter of Psalm, verse 6. Psalms, verse, chapter 16, verse 6. And the title of this message is, Where has the lion fallen in your life? Where has the lion fallen in your life. Make this personal. Make this personal. Make this a kingdom thing. Make it personal. The word of the Lord says here, the lines, that is, means the measurement of our inheritance. The lines are fallen unto me. Somebody say me. In pleasant places. Now, you got to you, you got to realize what this is saying. The measurement of our inheritance, the line, has fallen in pleasant places. Where did it fall for you last time? Say that. Pleasant place. Amen. Could be anywhere. But where did the line fall? Pleasant place. <laughs> Uh, you gotta kiss this word. Uh, what did it fall for you? 
Pleasant place. Pleasant place. Pleasant place. Two wrecks this week, right? Amen. You think God talking? Yes, sir. You see, to understand why prayer is so important to try yeah. to stay on, on code? Because as soon as you get on code, you see how, you know, that thing closed so quickly, and then we're uncovered. You've got to have an ancestral prayer. You've got to have it. It's essential to live by if we want to be protected. You see, that's why God is trying to teach us all these positions that we hold in this church. Man, this is big. Amen. This thing is serious business. These positions that we hold in the, in the church, I'm telling you, they are all designed to cover the church as a whole. See, all responsibility is ain't on me. It's on all of us. Everybody's got a position in this church. It's got an awesome responsibility, and that responsibility is not to ourselves, but it's to God and to God's people. And any time any of us don't understand what our position is, then that means that we're out of position, and what's happening is we leave it open for us to come under attack, whether it's the intercessory prayer or whatever. Whether it's the deacons, whether it's the ministers, whether it's the body, the people that's greeting the people that's coming in, what? Everybody got a position. And this thing, what have the lines fallen? It's here that the measurement of our inheritance, the lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. And I like that thing called pleasant places. You know why? Because this morning, I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm male, and I'm in my right mind. That's a pleasant place to be. That's a pleasant place. I haven't been out all night doing drugs and when I'm depressed this morning, you know, I was safe with God and I was safe with my people and everybody, you know, my life is in pleasant places. I thank God for that. I don't know about you, but I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. And he goes on and he says, yeah. All the promises of God are yeah and amen. And it says here, yeah. Uh -huh, that means that this is the promise here. I have a what kind of heritage? Good heritage. I'm coming out of the book of Psalms 16, verse 6. Psalm 16, verse 6, where we're speaking about the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Where have the lines fallen in your life? It says that the lines, like I'm saying, is the measurements of our inheritance. That's what that word line means. And it's just fallen in pleasant places. And I have a goodly heritage. Now that's what I like. But I want you to remember the pleasant Places. Go over here to Psalms 1819 in the text of our the heart of our text today. Yeah. Now we know that God says that the out the line that which He has for us has fallen in pleasant places. And we've got a good inheritance. We know this because the word of God says. But now there are some things that are involved before we can reach that. Here's where we get involved in what's inside of us. We've got some things that has to be dealt with and that all of us are going to be able to identify with. In the book of Psalms, 
chapter, verse 17. Are we back? The word of the Lord reads as thus. He, Jesus, delivered me from my, what kind of enemy? Strong enemy. Do you know yourself well enough to know what that strong enemy is in you? Do you have an enemy that's so strong inside of you that you can't deliver it yourself? That you need God to deliver it? Do you have a strong enemy known as fear or depression or drug addiction or alcoholism or lust? Do you, what is it that you have that's too difficult for you to deliver yourself from? That you have to go to God and ask Him to deliver you from it. Because until you're delivered from it, you won't be able to fall into that pleasant place that God has for you, where that goodly heritage is. Okay? It says, He delivered me from my strong enemy. And those that hated me, for they were too strong for me. See, there's some things inside of all of us that hate us. Do you know that? We're going to keep this thing personal. We're going to keep it personal. We're going to find out about us. There are some things inside of us that, first of all, it's a strong enemy. It's got you bound up. There are some things that's inside of you that don't like you. Do you believe that? It's called the enemy within you. And for those of you that heard the message last night, y'all understand how God put a little bit of that enemy through the dust of the ground where he had cast the enemy to the ground. But like Brother said, it would have put, if he would have made us out of the ground itself, we'd have had too much devil in us. Amen. Because that's where he had cast that demon. But he took a little bit of it. Dust of the ground. Put a little residue up in there. Put a little residue up in there of the enemy. And then he gave you a free will. Well, what good is to have a free will if you don't have something to challenge that free will? To see whether or not you're going to choose the right thing or whether you're going to choose the wrong thing. So he put two trees in there, right? The tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. Along with all the other trees, but in the midst of the garden, he put them two trees in there. Now you choose ye this day who we shall serve. So you got that little enemy over here trying to pull you to the left. And then you got God trying to pull you to the right. But sometimes, because we lean to our own understanding, what happens is that that enemy becomes strong in us. And when the enemy becomes strong in us, it brings all these other little demons in us that hate us. And then what happens is, is that it become, we become overpowered by depression, by oppression, by poverty. You know what I'm trying to say? Instead of us having wisdom of what God gives me, you see, we have a poverty mentality. And so what we do is we eat up the seed every time we get it. See, it all leads back to what you've been taught the whole time. It never leaves what you've been taught. 
It never leaves that. It's making you in a different way and teaching you know more about yourself. Because somewhere along the line, the light gonna come on and you're gonna start doing better. I'm not saying that you're not doing better because you are, but God wants you to come out of your problem-driven state into your promise-driven state. You understand what I'm saying? Too, 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 too many of us have to tell you that, that we are driven by our problems. Every time you turn around, problem, problem, problem. Problem, problem, problem. I want to attack. I want the enemy attacking me. You know what I'm saying? So we are driven by problems. We don't understand that an airplane, when an airplane gets turbulence, it rises above the turbulence in order for it to smooth out. So Jesus said, set your affections on things above, through all, not on things of the earth. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. For that, when they gave up, are too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. Uh huh. You see what he said? You see what they did to me do? Instead of, see, see, God is a master at taking our calamities, our chaos is in our life. And what he'll do is, is that he will. Make it good for us. But see, this is what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy will try to prevent us from our promise when we are faced with chaos and calamities in our life. You see, so what he does? He throws these little things in the cartel, your spouse get crazy, your bill can't get paid. See, all of those are calamities in your life to prevent you. But you see, but, but but everything that the devil throws at us, God told me to work it out. So he got he, he we don't see it, but we gotta walk by faith and not by sight, yes? That's what we have to do. We gotta remember that. That Jesus said, I'm gonna leave you up and say you Lord, I'm with you even to the end of the world. I'm with you. But just because I'm with you, the Bible says that no man has forsaken his family and all this stuff out here in the world and came to me and not have received 30, 60, and 90, or 100 fold. But then it goes on and it says, but it doesn't come without persecution. Amen. See, they ain't in there. And see, the folks get that part of it. All they say is, oh, we're going to give you 30, 60, and 100 fold. But it don't come without persecution. See, so you've got to be tested. Because that's how we grow. We don't grow from our comfort zone. We grow from our discomfort. God is glorified in us from a place of discomfort in our life, not from that place Amen. of comfort. Amen. Because if we're comfortable all the time, we never do no more. So God has to keep us out of the net. God got to make us move. You understand what I'm saying? Every once in a while, God got to make your money fine. Because he knows that's about, that's about the biggest thing to get you to leave over here is you make your money come. Well, you go to Hollywood and they walk. Well, I'm not telling you. So God will make something happen in your life and say, Lord, you know, I just need you. You know, I give up. I surrender. Because man, you talked about that thing last night, and I had pride. You know, man is called that pride. That thing is a blockage. And see, we get to walking in our own strength, and we don't know God. 
And God gave forth the word. The, the stronger we walk in our own strength, the further God gets away from us. Because we push him away. Our own strength pushes God away. Like, or all pushing water away. It don't mix. And then when we surrender to God, that allows God to soak back in. Am I making myself clear? So what happens is that during these times uh, of uh, calamity in our life, chaos, this enemy within, it prevents us from getting to that place. That's his job. But look what the rest of that word says in verse 18. Psalms 18, verse 18 says, But the Lord was my what? Satan. See, God was still there. He had not left his position in you. You understand what I'm saying, church? God has not left his position in you. I don't care what you're going through. And when I say I don't care what you're going through, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean it in a positive way. I want you to understand that God is with you. At all times, it makes no difference. Ain't nothing we can do to make God change his mind about whether he loves us. He still don't love us even if he got to cast us into out of darkness. He still loves us. He don't like doing that. Amen. But he can't go against his word. Because he makes his word above himself. And he can't tell a lie. That's the only thing he can't do. So even though it hurts him when we do this, and we may have to do what he has to do with us, it hurts him, it grieves him, but he has to do it anyway. Because he can't go against his word. Verse 19 says, but he brought me forth also into a what kind of place? Middle East Latin place. This is what First Corinthians 14 says. The prayer of Jabez says, In Lord, oh, that thou would bless me indeed. First Corinthians 14. And enlarge my territory. He brought me also into that large place. Remember the Bible? As long as it's this side, you can't get any more in it when it's full. But there's a place in us that wants to expand, that wants to, to allow God to place you in an enlarged place. But we have, in order to do it, we have to be delivered from that strong enemy that's in us. Because God can't move in our life until we decide to allow God to deliver us from it. So what we have to do is stop holding on to that which is preventing us from going to the next level. Amen. See, that's what we be doing. We be holding on. See, whatever you hold on to, that's all you have. Y'all heard me say that before. And y'all also have heard me say that whatever you choose, that's what you're going to become. If you choose to be in poverty, then you're going to be in poverty. If you choose to be a drug addict, you're going to be a drug addict. If you choose to be an alcoholic, Whatever you choose, that's what you're going to become. Why? Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the word of the Lord says that he brought me forth also into a large place. Verse 19. Are everybody with me? I want you to see it in the word. Because God protected it in his word. He delivered who? Me. Because he what? Where is that scripture at? Is it Psalms 37, verse 5. Somebody go there. Psalm 37, verse 5. Let me see if I'm right. Here. Psalm 37, verse 5. 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 Psal
Psalm 30, no, Psalm 37, verse 4. Amen. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thy. Did you see that? The Bible says over here in our main text that he delighted in me. And because he delighted in me, he delivered me. Why he delighted me? Because I delighted in him. I wanted to be delivered. So he said, okay, you want to be delivered? All right, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desire of your heart. If your desire is to be better, then God will make it better for you. But if you hold it up, we're in it. Whatever you hold on to, that's all you have. If you ever catch that revelation, then you'll be able to go further. Because in the midst of it all, there are some things and some people that you got to cut loose. You can't worry about it. Church, church, look here. You got to get under a word that's going to teach you God's word from His. You do not need this new kind of stuff out here. You need the word of God in a revelation. I'm trying to. This is what's going. This is what saves. This written word of God spoken into your life. This is what saves. That was some people were saying last night. They were coming up to bring me. Man, these folks don't preach and teach to us like, like y'all do. So they told you what I'm saying is, y'all blessed. Amen. Do you realize what you got? Yes, sir. It ain't got nothing to do with this me. It's got everything to do with what God decided to give us. See, God is the same thing y'all get on with. So we're blessed. It ain't about no man, it's about God going through this thing. You know what I'm saying? So like I go back to the fact that anybody that's out of position, when they're out of position, it hurts the whole body. So what God do? Right here, right here, God knows. Other things that's not happening that I won't say anything about, you know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is, is that we got to pray. We don't have time to be depressed because life is taking us forward. And we got to stay on hope. Hey, he's teaching us how to be soldiers. That's what he's doing. He's teaching us. You know why? Because something coming down the pipe, and it's going to be bigger than the dead field. Did you hear me? It's going to be bigger. And like I told them folks last night, y'all be prepared for a rabbit, but it's a bad thing. And you're going to run right up on the back. And you're going to be. Yeah, get your head tore off. Because you're going to be prepared to meet a rabbit. And the prophets are telling me, you know, it's a bow. I know the bow. I've heard the sound of it, done singing, I've heard his tracks. War teach you how to hear. The difference between a squirrel track, a rabbit track, a man track, and an animal track. Law will teach you that. You ain't got to see it. All you got to do is hear it. And it'll teach you what's after you. I'm serious. Law will teach you that. The Bible says in verse 20 that the Lord rewarded me according to my what? Righteousness. Righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, 
had he recompensed me? So, look at your life. Look at where you are. And then ask yourself, how clean do you have? How's your heart? Are you remembering? Are you deceitful? Are you only public when you're supposed to be? Are you dedicated to God and God's people? Are you committed? Ask yourself. And then you can see in this word here where the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. So if you are in a straight this morning, check your hand and check your heart, okay? Come let me show you something in the word. Now I'm giving you word. I'm giving you word. That's all I'm giving you now. Is word. Here's what the word of the Lord says in Psalms 24, verse 3 and 4. Talking about these clean hands. It asked a question. It said, well, first of all, it says, who in verse 3? Over there. Amen. 24, verse 3. It said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that had what kind of hand? Clean hands and what kind of heart? That's a clear heart. Who had not lifted up his soul in what? You know how to want to be these all. Want to be something that you're not. Look, the best thing you can be is a humble servant unto God. Either way, got nothing to do with it. Nothing. He who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn, you know, you tell somebody one thing and do another, you see for Those are the people. Clean hands, clean heart, pure lips. Alright? No, I'm just saying. Clean hands, pure heart, clean lips. That's all. It's just that If you want to know where we are with God. The Bible said, I, back over here in, in, in Psalms 18, verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, had he recompensed. For I kept my ways of the Lord, for I, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Okay? All right. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from what? My name. Who kept you from your enemies? You did. So, you see the responsibility that we have? To keep our own self. See, some things we got to do on our own. Other things God has to do for us. But after you've done all you can, and you've come to the end of yourself, then God will take it up. The word of the Lord says here in verse 24, Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hand in his eyesight. <coughs> now watch this. I 
How many of y'all know that God will present himself to you the way you present yourself to him? I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. I'm going to minister to you for a minute. Now, here's God's word. And this is the reality. Sometimes we have to go to the Holy Father in a Holy Father way. Sometimes we got to go to God as the supreme being. Sometimes, sometimes we have to go to God as a friend. We just need a friend. Sometimes we got to go to him as a mother. Sometimes we got to go to him as a comforter. See, whatever you need from God, that's the way you've got to present yourself to him for that specific need. Okay? If you need a friend, you, you, you don't go to God as a supreme being when you need him to be your friend. You got to, didn't Jesus say, I don't call you disciples no more, but now I'm going to call you my friend? He took that thing to his friend. In other words, a friend can talk to each other as friends. See, God, sometimes God wants you to talk to him as his friend. He always wants us to respect him in reverence. But sometimes God, you know, God, he knows what it is to be a friend. He knows what it is to need a friend. He knows all of this, you know what I'm saying? He knows all about everything that we ever need. So, so what we got to do, we got to learn how to present ourselves to God in whatever time that we need and whatever thing that we need from him. We got to learn how to present ourselves to God in that way, you know? It's alright. God ain't gonna smack you over the head because you say, God, I need a friend right now, or God, I need a comforter right now. You know, God, I need a father right now. God, I need, you know, God ain't against us for doing that. That's right. Jesus Christ. We're not serving a, 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 a lightning bolt yielding in God that don't want to help his children. Well, that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. This is the word of God, and I prove it to you. Verse 25 says, With the merciful, thou will show thyself how? Mercy. Mm. See that? If you show mercy, he'll show mercy to you. If you don't believe it, go over there. Matthew 5 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. See, it's all about planting the seed. If you plant the seed of mercy, then you'll get a harvest of mercy. Every seed, the Bible says, has its own body. The first book of Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Every seed has its own body. You can't plant apples, pile it out, I got potatoes coming up. It does not work like that. You can't you can get up here. You, 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 you can't get up here and sing and think that you done. You know what I'm saying? That's You'll get the blessings that come from it, but you can't do your own wheel. I tell you that before. And thank God, you're going to tie a mill on wheel, you'll you get a mill on wheel back because you know what you be able to eat. But if you want money, you got plant money. Every seed got its own body. You got to understand the principle of it. I told you that before. You want mercy, you got to plant mercy. You want friendship, you got to plant friendship. And you get it. Isn't that hard to understand? That's hard for church folk 
I mean, they say they understand it, but they don't do it. So I can't say that you understand it until I see it being done. And see, we keep digging ourselves in a hole. We don't know why we keep in the hole all the time. Because we ain't doing it right. When we do it right, and God do it right to us. That's how it works, Jim. You, you know, any other way Jesus said, like a thief and a robber. You can't do it the way you think. You got to go by the book. That's why we stay in the book. Do we not? We go by the book. Because the book tells us how to work the iPod. You don't buy the iPod and go to fooling with it. You don't know what you do. You tear it up. Read the book. Right? Makes sense, right? You buy a new car. You better read the book. You better read it. I know it took me a good took two months to learn how to drive a Cadillac. And I still don't know all my gadgets stuff. But I know just what I need to know, and as far as I go. Because I don't want to read the rest of the book. You understand what I'm saying? But if I read the rest of the book, then I'd probably get more out of it. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's the same with this. Same thing. See, we don't get so much out of this because we only read so much of it. And we definitely only do so much of it. So our performance is low with this. Amen? Amen. I mean, yeah. That's all we do. Got him here. He says here in uh, verse 25, after you show yourself merciful, I'll show myself merciful. With an upright man, that will show thyself upright. See that? However you show yourself to God, you show yourself but look at Proverbs 14 11 about the upright man. So God got a lesson for the upright man. 14, let me see if I'm in the right place. I might be. I'm crazy. Oh, yeah, Psalm 14. All right, tell me, read it, right? The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. The tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Hmm. You know what the word upright means? The tabernacle of the equitable. Those of us who value the treasure that God has placed in us. That's the upright. It means equitableness. That means you got some equitableness in you. You're equitable. You're valuable. And see, the problem is this is that we walk around, we don't feel like we're valuable. Why? Because we're problem driven. We're not problem driven. See the difference? Amen. We run around being driven by problems. I mean, by problems. We need to get driven by the promise. God said, if you are right, in other words, if you can see the treasure that I got in you and begin to walk in that thing, then I'll show you my equitableness. Because, see, I've given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's what the book of Ephesians tells us. So, if I've given you this, in order for you to get it, you've got to go through the order that I have for you to get it. You just don't go to the bank. Like I used to make you live with walls. They call that bank robbery. You go to jail for that. You've got to go. No, I'm being serious. 
You ain't dealing with somebody that really ain't been through. You're dealing with a fool up here. That done been through all that. You understand what I'm saying? But God brought me out of it. So that I could kill you. Yeah, I've done 28 years of my life behind penitentiary, state federal penitentiary, long time. Long time, children. Don't, don't, don't play. Solid confinement and everything else, so don't play. Understand what I'm trying to teach you up here. Because, see, it don't make no difference whether you're behind them bars or whether you're behind them bars in here. That strong enemy is that strong enemy. And it's rough. You need somebody to deliver you. We thank God for that deliverance. So now my testimony has been God's love. See, he uses that. He's a master at it. He takes that which is bad and he forms it and makes that which is good to help you in your life. Because he's already had me in mind. So now, he says, now, I want you to take it as a witness. Because somebody out there need to know that boy, you I done ate out of trash cans and everything. Else. See, see, somebody out there need to know that. Somebody, somebody need to know every time when they see Walmart truck that they need to go back to the beginning of Walmart when they was trying to dock a crop duster plane and they didn't know where Benton, Arizona was, wherever that place is right there. And the only way they knew where they were and where they were flying that thing is through the water tower. When they come up on that water tower, they knew they were close to where they needed to land in that field. That's where the man started from. Mm-hmm. That's right. We always look at where the person is now. No. Every life has a story. Right? Amen. That's right. Every life. And every success has a whole lot of failures. Mm-hmm. So just because you got failures don't mean you're a failure. That's right. It means you learn. That's right. How we learn. The Bible says so. So understand now the upright, the equitable shall flourish. The tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Why? Because now God can present himself in an equitable and upright way to you. Okay? However, you show yourself to God, he will show himself back to you. Verse 26 says, With the pure, that means the clear, thou will show thyself pure. He started getting a revelation of this thing. And with the fraudulent, that's the distortion. Thou will show thyself fraudulent or distorted. See, if you distort it, then you're going to view God as being distorted. It ain't got nothing to do with yourself or your mind. It's got everything to do with what you do in your act or deeds will determine whether you look at God in a fraudulent way. If we can ever learn to set ourselves aside, if we can ever learn that, we'll go a long way in life. Long way. Jesus told that man, yeah, you did all this, I'm not going to say everything. That old man hung it on his trust crap. Walked up. You couldn't do it. No, you had to be my big mind. Be mine. Okay, well, whatever you hold on to, that's all you had. I had something better for you. But you wanted them killers and did. So I left you with your killers and did. You could have had a whole manufacturing plant. 
Now you don't look good keeping the vision going. And the manufacturing plan will live somebody else on it. Because I got an endless supply. That's what God is trying to tell us. God is trying to tell us he's got an endless supply. I'm just trying to think of God's life. Would you? And he, and he did like that little monkey when he figured he had an age of peanuts. And he, yeah, he won't turn loose anymore. They come and get him, they come to scat him. He won't turn loose. He won't turn loose. I'm a cracker. He won't turn loose. He's beating your head. He still won't turn loose. You know what I'm saying? Amen. That little monkey, he'll sit there and that man come back and scat his head. You can see his brain out of him. He still has his still be connected to that. He could have got away. All he had to do was release it. Turn it loose, church. Just turn it loose. <laughs> Leave it alone. That's all you got to do. Just turn it loose. <laughs> Well, remember the word of the teacher. I'm trying to tell you. 
We see it happening all the time. It ain't like I'm telling you a lot. Verse 28 says, For thou will light my candle. See that? But, ooh, wait. Now hold up here. Mm. He said, For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten. Who's God? My God. Wow. Now check this out. Talking about this candle. We're going to get ready to close here. Go to Proverbs 20, 27. It says that the candle of the Lord, the spirit of man, is the candle of the Lord, whereby he searches the inward man. Do y'all see that there? Amen. Proverbs. How about this candle? Proverbs 20, verse 27. Proverbs 20, verse 27. Everybody do say that? You see that about that candle? Now that's what we're talking about over here in uh, verse 28 of Psalms 18, verse 28. He said, For thou will light my candle. Well, what candle? That's the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 1:4 said, In him was light, and that light was the light, the candle of me. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The Lord puts the light on it. And take him out of his darkness. But in the process of that, God says that in Proverbs 20, verse 27, that the, camp, the spirit of a man is the camp of the law, whereby he searches the inward belly of a man. So God is searching us. That's what he's doing. That's why when you get in your heart, when cry, God, you know that God is right there searching, and then He'll come and He'll come by and He'll look out and He'll smack you with something. And you don't even know why you get smacked. Well, sooner or later you will begin to remember. He'll, you'll get a revelation. You know, after you after you get your head busted enough, you'll understand. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm telling you, after you get your head small enough, you will understand. Let off that. So that's not good for me. Red is not good for me. Amen? You'll understand that in a minute. <laughs> You'll understand that you can't take them reds and throw them in the ditch and get away with it. I'm just using my little children for example. You can't do it. Two months later, Red gonna show up on Daddy's desk. Uh oh. Red not good for me. Cause Daddy gonna show you that Red ain't good. Hey, huh? Daddy gonna show you Red ain't good for me. You know, so what God is trying to tell us is that, you know, everything we do, everything we say, hey, he searches. He searches. But here's the good thing about God is that God gives us a chance to rectify it. Remember the trespass offer? Where we go? 
We knew it unseen. We knew it unblue. You know, you got the sin offering. That's the one where you do it unintentionally. Then you got the trespass offering. That's where you sin. And you know you sin. But God is so gracious and merciful that if you come to him and ask for forgiveness and mean it, and turn from your wicked way, he'll forgive you. Two kinds of sin. They both lead to death. One that you don't know you're doing and one that you know you're doing, but you do anyway. We all do it. God certainly. He knows the difference between the two. So what God does is, God waits on us to come and straighten it out. He gives us a chance. Over and over and over and over and over. But here's what God does. And now I'm shutting up. I want you to leave with this. Here's what God will do. <clears throat> God will make something happen back here that ain't so bad. You'll overlook it. You'll make something else happen that's a little stronger. You'll overlook it. You'll bring something else that's stronger. You'll overlook it. Then it's going to be a grievous Now you can tell how close you're getting to the grievous stage by whatever it is you just look at. You hear me? Be careful. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Amen? Amen. Amen.